0: What's worse, breaking your arm or fearing breaking your arm? The worry about it, the anxiety, the changing of plans and activities and actions, the lost opportunities for fun. This is something I've been contemplating and it relates to a concept that comes from Buddhism known as the second arrow. I'm not exactly sure of the specific source. But it's become sort of a buzzword between me and my partner. We talk about this idea of the second arrow. You are being hurt by the second arrow right now. And the second arrow analogy goes like this. Life will shoot you with the first arrow. You know, getting shot by an arrow, right? This could be a broken bone. It could be job loss. It could be someone's passing. It could be sickness. It could be any number of real world and painful things. The first arrow is real. It happens and it will happen. But the second arrow... The second arrow is where the real pain comes. The second arrow is your anxiety about the first arrow. It's the fear of the first arrow. It's the way that you handle the first arrow again and again and again. For example, when you're in pain... You've got the first arrow's pain. But you're also concerned that that pain is going to last forever. Yeah, you're worried that it's not going to leave. You're worried that it's going to get worse. Everything beyond the actual physical feelings that you're feeling from that first arrow are the second arrow. Now, I know I'm saying this over and over again, but I want to drive the point home that most suffering comes from your response most suffering comes from your internal state. Most suffering comes from the fear and anxiety and all those other inner states that aren't real, for lack of a better expression. Now, yes, pain, suffering, all of those things are real in the sense they're arising within you. But they're not real in the sense of a external physical manifestation of something bad happening. My last year has been atrocious, yeah? I lost my job, I was having panic attacks, I went on medication that made everything really bad, I had a car crash, I had to move house, it just went on and on and on and on. Now, a lot of that suffering was, well, the first hour, it was legitimate. I couldn't stop the job loss. It wasn't my fault, I didn't do anything wrong, it was a funding change and... The actions of the people I was working with after losing the job was basically just a cut off. There was a lack of communication. It felt like I lost a friendship group because I did. Moving house was beyond my control and that the process of moving house is quite tedious. Yeah. Having a car crash is unfortunate. But all of those things really are as painful as the anxiety and the worry and the depression that I rose in response to it. I lose my job and I fear everything. Oh my God, I'm never going to have money. I'm going to do that. I'm going to be on the street. I have to move house because the rent rose by like 25 to 33%. Unaffordable. Oh God. Have a car crash. What is this? Yeah, you know, like all of these things happen. And then my response to that, to, to go on medication that also subsequently didn't work, that itself is also me sort of over-responding. But the reality is, the reality is that I was giving myself a lot of extra suffering on top of the the inner suffering that was going on. It wasn't all that first arrow. Now, there was a lot of first arrows in that year, but I definitely shot myself a bunch of times with those second arrows afterwards and continued to do so. And I'm still sort of pulling out the barbs to this day. So what I want to share with you in this in this episode is a sort of a just a, an invitation to invitation to just consider the second arrow, the possibility of its existence. This isn't to discount mental illness. This isn't to say, hey, just think yourself better. Like that's that's stupid, and it's not at all what I'm saying. What I am saying is that. If you become aware of the pain that you can cause yourself with unmitigated thoughts, you may start to implement strategies that stop it or at least start reducing it. I'm talking meditation, self-care, regulation, talking therapy, all of these things, writing, right? The more you become aware of your thoughts the more you can step back and detach, the more you can see the second arrow's existence, the less you get shot by it and the less impact it has. If you notice that you're starting to fall into a panic spiral, into a shame spiral, into an anxiety or depression spiral, you can start to take action to address it. You can start to move away. You can start to Do things to better help yourself, and those steps will help you to stop being shot by the second arrow, and over time, perhaps, it'll stop it entirely. It's not going to remove pain from your life. Pain will still happen, but maybe you can remove, you know, 70, 80, 90, 95% of that extra pain you put upon yourself. I have anxiety issues. I wake, and some days, I just am in a panic attack. It sucks. (laughs) But what's worse is the fear of the panic attack causing me to withdraw from the people and the events that I want to be doing. I've pulled away. I've stopped. I've withdrawn my presence. And then I feel lonely. And my loneliness causes another second arrow. Oh, I'm lonely. People don't like me. It's a self-worth spiral now. That self-worth spiral leads to depression. Real depression caused by a second arrow. And it's circular, and you've got to break it out of it, and you have to you have to do your best to break out of it. And the first or the the first way to break out of these things is to just recognise that second arrow exists, and that you can do something about it. I'm leaning into meditation um, significantly, spirituality, and. Writing. They're my two responses. Now I'm going to share with you a couple of resources. The first one will be my profile on Insight Timer. I've got hundreds of free tracks up there, guided meditations, talks, a whole variety of things, um, along with some awesome courses. So that'll be in the show notes, check that out. And it's also writing, and I'm gonna share with you a poem um from a book and I'll link it to that one as well. But the to give that value now, the way that I'm meditating the way that I'm regulating, the way that I'm starting to see this sort of whole secondary thing happening and arising is to practice something I'm calling hearing, feeling, being, meditation, or listening, feeling, being, meditation. And the basic way of practicing is this. You find a place, a seat, get yourself comfortable, get a timer, and just take a few slow, deep breaths. In through the nose, out through the mouth, belly breathing, calming your body down, regulating yourself. And then whatever duration you're going to set your time for, you divide it into three. So let's say you've got 15 minutes at your disposal. It could be three minutes, it could be nine minutes, whatever. You've got 15 minutes in your disposal. You split that into three sections. For the first section, you listen, deep listening. What can you hear right now? Notice the sounds of nature, the environment, people, whatever just deep listening, not judging, not latching on, not trying to interpret anything that's arising, just listening. Then in the second section, the second third of the second five minutes, maybe the watch beeps, maybe you've set up your timer in such a way, you feel, you feel what is happening inside your body. For me, I focus on my belly because that's where I hold a lot of these feelings and tumults and other things arising. You just feel, once again, without judgment, without filter. You just feel. And the final section, the being section, you just be. You're not trying to do anything. You're not trying to attach to thoughts, to hear anything, to feel anything. But you're not running away from it. You're not moving towards or away from anything. There are no good or bad sensations or feelings or thoughts or anything. You are just sitting there. Just being. No goal. Just existence. This is a state of pure zazen, pure sitting. Just being. Almost like you're letting wet concrete set before you start walking on it. It's allowing things to settle. And that's the session. So you start with some breathing, then you listen, then you feel, then you be. And that process does a few things. It is training your mindfulness. You know, your mind wanders, you bring it back to the hearing and the feeling. It is... Helping you to regulate the calm breathing and the sitting in silence is very much a regulation activity. And then it is also helping you to just settle. A lot of the times by the end of that session, by the time you've done the being part of the session, those second arrows are starting to dissipate, to disappear, to lose strength. So that's one thing I want to suggest you try. Like I said, I'll put a link in the show note to my Insight Timer profile. Check it out. There's a bunch of awesome resources on there for you. And the, the second thing I'll suggest you do is write. Write down what you're feeling. Write your thoughts down. Get a pen, get a paper, or your phone on the notes app, or some way that you can write without, you know, losing yourself to social media distractions. Side note, I have an old phone that I use purely as a writing phone. It's just literally the notes section on that phone and the email to email the notes that I write to myself because um, I value the lack of temptation. But either way, get a pen, get a phone, get a laptop, whatever. And just write. Set a time of 5, 10, 15, 20 minutes and just express yourself. Put it all on the page. The idea is, is that you're getting thoughts out and you're just expressing. You're getting thoughts out and it's not being held in your mind. And you're seeing it from a detached perspective on the page. You're over here. Your thoughts are over there. That's one thing that you can do. And it really does help and it really does work because you're sort of Rather than sort of sitting with that, repeatedly getting stabbed by that second arrow, you're putting it on the page and you're seeing it, you know, huh, look at that arrow over there. And this can be a way to start healing, a way to express, a way to recognize the second arrows as they're shooting you and to start, you know, stopping them. So what I'm going to read you is two poems. The first one is called I'm Worth Keeping and it is not yet published. And the second one will be called The Fear of Failure. And that comes from a book called Reflections of the Self. The first one I'm worth keeping, I recently wrote upon waking, upon feeling this panic attack as it happened. It's sort of like a poetic expression of a real-time event. Now, the reason I turn those, you know, that 5, 10, 20 minutes into poetry is because the act of writing it is therapeutic and healing and then the act of tweaking it and addressing it and sort of putting it into a poetic play does two things. Number one, the act of playing and sort of perfecting it helps you to really see the, the, the sort of truth in it but external to you. It helps you to sort of detach from it a bit more and then you can share it and that's obviously optional but I like to share it and connect with it and sort of tell people about it. And then they go, oh, I feel like that too. And then you've got this resonance and this connection with people that have got a lived experience. It helps them to heal. It helps you to heal. The sharing is optional, but playing around with it and sort of tweaking that sort of 5, 10, 20 minutes of free writing into a pure expression of form is something that I think is quite valuable and therapeutic. I've got a sort of longer term project to make a book or some sort of resource called Creative Writing for Healing. Indeed, I've got a course on Insight Timer about that called that. Um, But I'm going to turn it into like a longer form book that sort of teaches this process. But the basic method is this. Write, reread it, turn it into a poem, and then optionally share it. So with that said, this is the poem called I'm Worth Keeping, written as a response to a panic attack, helping me to overcome said panic attack a lot quicker than I usually would. I'm worth keeping. Upon waking, I'm dismayed to discover myself already breaking. Thoughts preaching, lights beaming, whispered voices that feel like screaming. I find myself fleeing, huddling in a corner, counting heartbeats, shallow breathing. I can actually feel my rationality leaving. Whatever I was is now just associated dreaming. I long to find meaning behind these tears now streaming. But all I can muster is passive disbelieving. I thought such pain was leaving. I thought I was a book worth reading. I thought by sharing and speaking, my days would be filled with more than just ink bleeding. Time passes, and I hear my kids pleading. They want their dad, not some broken mess, stuck, self-defeating. Time to put on the mask and pretend that the world has stopped screeching. That my thoughts are no longer scheming. That my pain is receding. But then they hug me, and tell me I'm worth keeping. They jump and laugh with smiles gleaming, inviting me to play, requesting, repeating, a loving greeting worth receiving. The world softens, stuck turns fleeting. Colour returns, that unmovable block retreating. Tension releasing, light increasing, clear seeing. I hold them and commit to continue proceeding. Today was hard, but sometimes just surviving counts as succeeding. So that poem, I'm Worth Keeping, came out as a sort of a fragment, little little aspects of what you just heard sort of expressed haphazardly. And it was coming out as I was having a panic attack onto the page. But then the events of the poem arose. You know, I could literally feel my rationality leaving. My kids did come and I felt myself wanting to put on this mask to pretend to just fake it. But then their love, their kindness did help me to get through it. And then I realized, well, yeah, sometimes surviving, just, just surviving, just getting through the day does count as succeeding. And the expression of this, the play with the words helps me to detach from it because I know that when this happens again, I've expressed it, I've lived it, I've sort of embodied it and I've, I've shared it. So i will be better able to cope when it arises. It's like, oh, that thing is happening again. I've written about this. I've felt this. You know what I mean? So that's the first poem I wanted to share as a act of sort of expressing the second arrow. And the other poem I want to share is called A Telephobia, or rather the fear of imperfection. And this poem is taken from the book Reflections of the Self, the Poetry Insights and Wisdom of Silence. And in this book, I share a collection of poetry and then sort of do a little sort of, I don't know, sort of essay about it, sharing my responses to it. But the reason I'm sharing this this poem now with you is it is a poignant description of the second arrow. The fear of imperfection. A telephobia. The fear of imperfection. The fear of not being good enough. Crippling inaction. Stuttered words. No self-worth. The fear of failure causing failure. Not inability, talent, or lack of opportunity. Just fear. Just anxiety. Just unattainable standards. Standards put upon by myself. Standards forced upon me by the world. Others can fail. Others can be imperfect. Others can have fun. Just stop. Please don't placate me. I know no one cares about that stuff. I know we all make mistakes. I know I'm only human. Reason doesn't stop thoughts. By definition, a phobia is illogical. My only solace comes from the diagnosis. Knowing that I'm not alone. Perfectly imperfect. Together. So this idea, this fear of imperfection is itself crippling. You know, anxiety is real and it's real in the moment, but it's also, in my experience, even more real prior to the moment. I get anticipatory anxiety. I worry about what's going to happen when, but when I'm doing that thing, it's fine. I'm fine. Maybe I get a bit overwhelmed. But that's okay. I can deal with that. I've got strategies. But it's the fear of the overwhelm, the fear of the imperfection, the fear of what if the second arrow that shoots me, that cripples me. And until I become aware of those second arrows, until I become aware of the fact that I'm shooting myself with them, they'll continue to shoot me. So what I hope to sort of share with you in this episode is a, a good thorough understanding that that second arrow exists. And it is probably causing you more pain than the first arrow ever has. And indeed, that's true for my anxiety. Like, I've I've broken bones, I've hurt myself, I've become injured. I'm actually currently injured right now. I've pulled a back muscle significantly um, at jiu-jitsu training. After deadlifting quite heavy and then exercising a bit too heavy, yada yada. And that first day, I couldn't do a sit-up. I'm in a lot of pain. But... Interestingly enough, the lived experience is less worrisome than the worry about injury. It's annoying, it's frustrating, but I'm dealing with it, it's fine. But prior to this injury, I was worried about being injured. Not heaps, but I could easily fall into that worry spiral, that anxiety spiral. And that would sort of pull me back, stop me from doing things. But now that I'm injured, it's like, okay, We'll address this. We'll move on. We'll go through it. It's like reality has a way of just planting itself and being like, hey, here you go. Deal with it. Okay, I'm dealing with it. Cool. Let's keep going, right? That second arrow causes far more pain than the first arrow ever can. So I invite you, consider practicing that med- meditation that I suggested, the listening Feeling, being, meditation with the calm breath at the start. Consider practicing some writing therapy where you get a page and just write and express yourself for 5, 10, 20 minutes. And if you're into it, consider sharing and engaging and expressing yourself as a poem. Sort of tweaking those words on the page to sort of really nut down exactly what that second arrow is. And, you know, if you like, feel free to share it with me. Hit me up on social media or via email. Um, I can be found everywhere at Zach P. Phillips on social. Shoot me a message, say, hey, I listen to the podcast, here's my uh, second hour therapy, here's my second hour of poem, and yeah, I'd love to read it. Either way, I will put the resources I've shared, the link to grab a copy of Reflections of the Self, the Poetry Insights and Wisdom of Silence book, and I'll also put a link to my Insight Timer profile, where there's hundreds of free tracks and a bunch of paid premium courses that are, for lack of a better expression, exploding. Um there's, it's, it's going well. And I'm excited to share with you everything down that space. Thanks for listening. Have a great day. And yeah, let's start, um, dodging some of those second arrows. Hey, catch ya.